here we go. Welcome to episode 39 of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Russ Cohen at Sportsology on Twitter going to join us in just a moment. And uh, a lot to talk about today, including a four-game winning streak for the Flyers, uh, some individual um, assessments from the game and of late for the Flyers we'll do with Russ. Also going to talk World Juniors with Russ as Canada gets it done in overtime. We'll talk about uh, the teams, some of the players, and much more surrounding World Juniors and tons more to get to, including Kevin Hayes going to an all-star game. Uh, but let me tell you about Bet Parks. Fantastic casino and sportsbook app. It travels with you right in the palm of your hand. It is simple to use. It's everything you've wanted in a mobile casino and sportsbook. And again, it travels right in your pocket with you. Same game parlays, live in-game betting. You got player performances, props, teasers, futures. You name it, you can bet it on anything in the world of sport and more, including college and pro hoops. College and pro football, you're coming up to a great time for pro football. Hockey season, uh, Formula One's on the way, golf on the way. you got tons to get in on, so check it out. Download the Bet Parks app today. You need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Also, Conquerville Subaru, great weekend to go down. Check out the beautiful dealership on Route 202 in Glen Mills. You know, Conquerville Subaru, they say Conquerville cares, and they go, well, what's that mean? Well, it's because they actually do care. <laughs> Conquerville Subaru, they were the first Subaru Love Promise Dealer of the Year winner back in 2015. They continue to support the Namor's Children's Hospital of Delaware. They've done that for eight years. They've adopted 15 classrooms at Marcus Oak Elementary School uh, and give $500 to teachers for classroom supplies. They did that again this year, not to mention 10 years of donating thousands of coats to La Humanidad España uh, in Kennett Square. They've done that for 10 years and they continue that to this day. New Year, great time to visit the showroom. Check out the service department where you get a free car wash with every visit. Check out the pre-owned inventory and a great Subaru vehicles on site. Grab a test drive while you're at it. And uh, visit ConquerVilleSubaru.com. And you get all the details there. And the showroom on Route 202 in Glen Mills. Remember, Conquerville cares. From Sportsology.com, at Sportsology on Twitter, it is the man, Russ Cohen, joining us on episode 39. Bet Parks presents Stick to Hockey Live. What's going on, Russell? Ah, you know, same old, same old. Enjoying the hockey season, World Juniors and otherwise. I do have to say something, though. I was listening. I won't say what station. Um, but You can say what station. I prefer it. Okay, so I was listening to IP yesterday with Eskin mm-hmm. and whoever he's on with, and I couldn't believe the cowardly way they were trying to figure out how the Eagles could get home field throughout the playoffs by hoping that Daniel Jones either wasn't going to play or that even like by deferring the kick, he has the uh, ball for one less time during the first quarter, and then they take him out. It's like, listen, if this team's good enough, they, you know, they'll, well, just, win the, they'll just win the game. It yeah, won't matter who's playing. In, no, I get in. it. They've lost those yeah. other games. But again, uh, to hope and, and, and openly hope that Daniel Jones isn't playing, boy, that's a turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, you're a nitwit and a dope. Yeah, <laughs> I just was shocked that I heard that. I was like, really? Yeah, okay. Um, it's been busy, like you said. Tons of going on in the NHL, uh, especially back after the Christmas break, and then yep. World Juniors going on. Let's start with the Flyers in the four game win streak, and let's start with the immediate game that just happened. You know, Morgan Frost may want to play Arizona all the time. Russ, yeah, two games this year, eight points a goal and seven assists. And look, I get they're a bad team, but for a guy trying to find his way, that's never bad. No, it's not bad. Um, what I think he sees in Arizona is they sort of leave the little 
area of the middle of the ice open for him to get those stretch passes. And he's got confidence doing them, but he's just not not always doing them against all teams based on, I guess, what he sees out there. And so when you're when you're seeing not a lot of like active sticks in the middle there, yeah, you could thread the needle um to some guys like connecting and otherwise to to really, you know, get a nice breakout pass like that. And so I like to see that. I hope this, you know, quiets down the naysayers because he does have this ability. Even even if it took until 24 to start really seeing it, then that's the time it's going to take for him. It, you know, again, he lost a year with his shoulder. It's not the Flyers' fault on this one. Some players just develop a little late, but he's got all the skills that you want, and there's no reason to give up on this guy or trade him. The biggest key, though, Russ, now is is simple. It's basically the steps forward have taken places place. Now just let's avoid the step backwards. Right. Yeah. And and that's fair. I think I don't think he's taken a step backwards defensively or away from the puck the whole season. It's just offensively, we hadn't seen all that we could see. I think lately we've seen more. I mean he's been good on faceoffs too. So I mean mm-hmm. these are all good things for me to see from him. And at 23, yeah, he's almost there. He still may not be I still think in a year from now he'll even be better. And so, more consistent, right? And more consistent. That's the yeah. big thing. It's really the consistency. So yeah. yeah, I saw that. That was good. Look, I'm not totally convinced on this York experiment yet, and I'll tell you why. Um, when he and I don't want this to sound callous, but I really don't care what Ivan Provorov scores point wise. It really is irrelevant to me because he's already like a hybrid number one to begin with. So you don't want really the offense running through him, but yet Cam York, while he does have a higher offensive level, he's not a number one either. But mm. when he's playing a two on a top pairing, he can't really do what he would like to do offensively because the matchup is just too much for him right now. And I think, especially on the right side, especially on the right side, yeah. No, and I see. I think that's the part. Like I know he got an assist last night, and he's got seven points, whatever but he's not really getting shots or taking shots or having goal opportunities that much. And he should be like, that's part of the game that should be getting better for him. But if he's going to play top parent, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Cause the responsibility of just mitigating much. the top lines of the opposition is, is more important than incurring risk with that, with that kind of talent against yes. you on the ice. Right. Right, because if you do that against that those lines and you incur risk, they put it in the back of your net. Yeah, that's why it was better having Risto there because a, who cares if Risto doesn't have any points or he has one point, two points, three points doesn't matter. Who cares the the anti Risto people? Care. I know, but <laughs> as far as the team who perspective, cares? you don't care, but you do want you do want York to to and you know get more uh, into your offense, yeah. and and I think that's the only way it's going to happen. I talked to York last night after the game. He's in today's Flyers Daily. And I talked to him. You know, the advantage of playing the right side for a left shot guy is in the offensive zone because you're sticking right. in the middle of the ice. Right. And the disadvantage is defending because your stick's in the middle of the ice. <laughs> right. And I said to him, I said, York, can we come up with some kind of role where you play on the right side in the O-zone and the left side defending? <laughs> he said, yeah, Frosty said to me, I need to play center defense. <laughs> Right. No, but it's a fair point, you know, but at least this is the one good thing about John Tortorella. He doesn't care 
about, well, he's a right shot defenseman. He can only play the right side. I, I have three right shot defensemen. That means if I get yeah, another an one, thing. I'm going to have to trade him. It was an AV thing, but it's become a big thing around the league. Like yeah. all of a sudden, and I noticed, you know, writers and other people were just like, well, you can't have that because he's a he's a left shot. And it's like, yeah, you can. Some guys can play the other point. side. And yeah. and and Torts has been one of those guys that has moved guys from, you know, from left to right. And again, yeah, I don't think that's really even what's bothering York. But it is true. If he could play center defenseman, that would be the ideal spot for him. But he's not <laughs> a rover. No done this? I know, but he's not a rover either. I do want to point that out. His offense isn't at a level of Dan Boyle as an example, who John used as an example, nowhere near that yeah. where you're going to all of a sudden make him a rover, like stop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think my idea is brilliant. I think it's innovative. It is. Like right side o- over the red line and left side inside the red line. Yeah. That's brilliant. And then, and then look, you get, you get a left shot guy or a right shot guy that you play on the, on the left side in the ozone, you have them, you, know, you just flip flop them around. They just cross paths. Listen, Switzerland and in, in, in the World Juniors had four guys lined up at the at the red line waiting yeah. for the opposition. Four. Yeah. So like you could do whatever you want with these chess pieces, really. Yeah, that's called the Gene Hackman red line. Four. <laughs> How many? Four. Right. <laughs> right. Um <laughs> uh, let's talk about a few of the other guys because the under 23 crew. Uh-huh. I forget the exact number on this, Russ. Jim Jackson brought it up last. Oh no, I saw the number. It was a contrived stat, if you ask me. Is it like twenty-five points or thirty-seven points since December eleventh? The number one team in the league. Number two is the Rangers, I think. Number two is the Rangers, and that's where how how you know this is a contrived stat. Yeah. (laughs) Because Flyers, it's not because they don't get any points. No, I know, I know, but but again, why is it from December eleventh, Jason? Because that's when things started going well for the 23 and under crew. <laughs> Correct. Uh, I mean, and it's not a bad thing, but I'm just saying yeah, it's a good thing. It's a, it's a, a stat that I laughed at because I was like, okay, yeah. they dug deep for this one. Because we yeah. know stats could lie for you any way you want them to. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about a few of the under 23 players. And let's yeah. go from, you know, we go from Frost. Let's go to, to Owen Tippett. Because mm-hmm. a lot was made about Tip, you know, when they acquired him because he's a part of the Giroux trade. Right. And like it or not for him, that that's going to be part of his, you know, storyline and his narrative. You know, you get the number one pick. That's not in this year's draft. Right. But you get Tippett, a guy that, you know, really at lower levels, Russ was a consistent player, put up great numbers in the NHL. There wasn't enough consistency there. And there wasn't also wasn't enough consistency in usage. No, but I had him ranked in the top 12. I liked him. I thought he could be a star in the league. I did. Um, what I see now is a guy who does have a little bit more um, confidence. He does get a ridiculous amount of like ice time, power play time. So I do think his goal total is good. I don't think it's great because of the amount of time that he does get. And even though he had an assist yesterday, I actually thought yesterday's game was a bad game for him. Um, he did have a wide open net. He missed it. He didn't look good defensively. He dragged a guy down on a really lazy penalty. Uh, so there, there were things that I didn't like in that game, but for the most part, I've liked them. I've liked the way they've used him on the power play. But the thing is, he is going to have to figure out how to be a little bit more of a playmaker. You can't have that Cy Young thing where you're going to have like you know, 
15, 18 goals and, and like seven assists. You can't he's do that. And he won't. At times, though. Like he's at times, good, but he's not doing yeah. it lately. Yeah. And he's starting to, and they've developed a little bit of chemistry. So maybe you'd like to see that a little more yes. with that line. Yes. You know, how much longer that'll last. We'll see. Because but he is developing. I mean, yeah. the, the positive is he is developing. Arrows so, pointing in the right direction. Arrows pointing in the right direction. Uh, I think these are just other things in his game. Maybe with more NHL games, he, he's going to get it. So that's, but, you know, look, his willingness to try, uh, the strength that he has, his skating, all of that's good. And these are all things that I initially liked from the guy. So, Russell, you know, I'm happy. skating coming out at all? Uh, I was worried about his skating, not in juniors, but when um, when I saw him first get into the NHL, like get um, a, a shot or two and then put in the AHL, then I realized, okay, he really needs to work on it because he, he had did. such a good shot <laughs> that in junior hockey, like you find a little bit of open spot with a shot like that, with the goaltending not being NHL quality, he's getting his goals and his points. So yeah, unless like you watch – Bellows even. Right. So like every – and so, like every game you're watching, you're not watching every game, so you don't notice that. But I did notice it when he got out of there that, okay, yeah, he does need to work on his skating. And so he, but he has worked on it. And, and he moves really well now. He does for a guy his a size. Frame. Yeah. Yes. He, he moves very well. Uh, I do think he needs to be a little less of a one trick pony, too, with his shot. Like he's got that shot. That's great. Uh, we don't see him do enough around the net yet either, but maybe with more confidence, more games, we will. He's got to get there first. He's got to yes. get a little closer to the crease at times. I agree with you. Yes. With that frame, Russ, yes. he should be a power forward. He should be uh, inside the top of the circle yes. shooter. And he's not and really be- doing that. Yeah, and below the bottom of the circle, banger. Right. If he right. does that, that, then to me, he's a 35-goal scorer. Yeah, if he could unlock that, he, yep. he could be. he could be that. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, let's talk about another one of the, the young guys and, you know, all these young guys are just, they're playing well. Farabee has been very erratic this year. We know he came off the surge. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you feel like, you know, I know Torts isn't letting them use that as an excuse anymore that uh, all said and done though, we already kind of know what Farabee is and this fact finding mission of a season. Do we kind of already know what Farabee is and where he should be going? No, I don't, don't think we know way. Okay. No, because the Farabee that I knew uh, pre-Flyers had a much more fluent shot, a lot more confidence to take it, could take it on either side of the ice, and could score with pretty good regularity. Then the Farabee finish at the NHL level right away. You could no, not right away, but he, it. but he was getting it um, with the no fans that season. He was picking up his goal scoring was picking up that year. Yeah, and and then you know, so then you know, you get the neck thing. And now his shot's not the same. It's taking a second longer mm-hmm. and to, to crank it up. So the release point is a little different, and I think the timing on it is different. He's getting more assists now because he realizes his shot's not going in, so he's trying to still stay engaged with the game and give you all he's got. Effort's not the issue with him, but his shot has changed, and I think that does have to do with the injury, and I think that is something that – Look, again, I just try and tell people it's remarkable that Jack Eichel is more than a point a game, and he's still not really Jack Eichel. Yeah, it's but, time. But still, I mean, Jack Eichel also was sort of like a superhuman when I, anytime I had seen him as far as from like a physical standpoint, um, 
Farabee, I thought was always a you know well conditioned athlete, but he wasn't like on the Eichel level. So I think yeah. all these things are sort of like now a new roadblock for him. Yeah. It's another thing he's going to have to break down because yes. coming off an injury and a significant surgery like that is one of those hurdles early in your career that you're going to have to work to get over. You're just not going to show up and, and jump. Even on if the your ice. game has changed, then you're going to have to change it a little. Yeah. And and you're right about the shot. Like that's the one thing with any kind of back neck core yeah. that suffers the most. It's skating always suffers yeah. with everything. Any, you could have a hangnail. Your skating suffers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, but but the neck, back, and core with it when it comes to sh- look at Giroux the year he had the double core surgery, yeah, he couldn't shoot the puck, no, he couldn't open up. No. And I, I think Farabee's missing a little zip. And if you're missing two uh, two tenths off your release, that's, that's it. enough time for a goalie to to be in his spot, ready and ahead of you. And you're not oh, absolutely, yeah, that's yeah. really what it boils down to. By the way, that Giroux guy's doing pretty good. I, I He's like been that kid. Great. I mean, his team is still shit, but yeah. Um, but, but he's, he's back not. home, and yeah, no, he's been good. Russ, you and I talked about this, and we're in total agreement. The guy is going to age beautifully in this game because yes. he thinks it at such an elite level. Everything he loses physically and with his burst or speed or first step doesn't matter with him. Because he's like he Tavares that way. Tavares was never a great skater, never going to be a great yep. skater, but he sure knows where to be on the ice and knows what to do and how to find open spots and how to, you know. Protect the puck. Protect the puck, yep. Yep, and distribute it. Those guys those guys are, are grandmaster chess players. Yes. Playing against, you know, 1,500 ELO guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Use. You get a guy like Athanasu who, who could outskate them, skate circles around him, but he can't mm-hmm. score nothing. Yeah, because he can't he barely the computer in his brain can't can't process as quick as he can move. Correct. You know, yeah. At the CEOs, I mean he can fly. It's he just, flies, but you know, again, yeah. he's never put it together. Yeah, to me, he doesn't use his speed properly. He's got to use that speed. He's got to play slower and use that as the, the extra gear, not only yes. playing over speed. Right, right, right. Yeah. Using um, that two step burst instead. Yeah. yeah. So would we make Giroux and Tavares like Magnus Carlson in chess? The, yeah. the world champion. You knew Magnus Carlson. Is? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I'm big. On I knew champion. Bobby Fisher back in the day. I knew the five moves. I read. Yeah, he book. went crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know he did. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the, well, the rapid championship just took, just uh, wrapped up in chess and uh, Magnus Carlson got the win over Hikaru. So, yeah, but um, there was an issue what, like a year ago with some cheating. No, not the, even a year ago. Yeah. With uh, Hans Neiman. Yeah. 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 He admitted he cheated on some online stuff, but yeah, Carlson ended up resigning against him. And there's a lawsuit, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let, let's talk about Kevin Hayes going to the All Star game because look, we, we let me give you the numbers on Hayes this season. I mean, he's got good numbers, better than he's ever had. Thirty eight games, he's got thirty five points. We welcomed him back to the team last night because after the scratch, it didn't seem like he was very interested. He pouted a little bit. I don't think there's any he doubt did. about that. Um, but he played really well last night. He did. Poor opponent. 35 points in 38 games for Kevin Hayes. You'll take that any day of the week. I think the issue that people have is that Travis connecting has got 40 points in 33 games, and he's doing it in all situations. I don't even care that connecting has got the 40 points. He's got 20 goals on a team that can't score. He is the igniter. The He is the most valuable player on the team. I mean, yeah. Hayes got a lot of those points early, too, when they were hot. In those first like 10 games, he got a lot of those points. Mm-hmm. 
And so I just feel like he hasn't been as impactful since. But yesterday was a game where you saw, okay, now he's actually going to shoot again because he wasn't even shooting for a while. So, again, do I think he could be an all-star? Yeah. But I think Konechny's the all-star, and I just think it's a mistake. Russ, when you look at Konechny's season, he's only gone two games without a point one time. That was yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy yeah. compared to last year. Nashville and where he played uh, over 21 minutes in that game. He was good in the game, and they won that game on the road. Then they came home in San Jose at the end of October, and that's the game where he was scratched with Hayes in the third period. Other than that, he's never gone more than one game without a point. And I think now, I mean, I don't know how many multi-point games. He had another one last night. One, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 multi-point games this season, and only seven games where he hasn't been, had a point at all the entire year. Yeah, this is where Coach he was always... Throw yes. a guy over the board that's going to end up on the score sheet almost most nights. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is where he was headed two, three years ago and then sort of, like, took a left turn. I'm happy to the see bubble. that. Yeah. I'm happy to see that, you know, he's got it back. I think Torts does deserve some credit for that. And I think he also, before this season started, pretty much acknowledged, okay, last year was a really bad year. Like, I get it. And so he, you know, he, you know, he had to fire himself up and prove the doubters and whatever. But we, we, there was reason people were doubting. Like, it wasn't just like we're making it up or being hard on the guy. It it was legit. Uh, Everything you see is, is terrific. He should be wearing an A. It's ridiculous that nobody's wearing an A. I mean, well, the coach has to back off on that. Like, come on, man. I think he's doing that. I was talking about this last night with somebody. I think he's doing that out of respect for Couturier and Atkinson. I think it doesn't matter. You can't. Right, fine. But, like, yeah. you have to do it with the guys that are there. Like, the, the whole idea of having a leadership group is to give the letters to the guys that are there. You can't really? worry about who might be there. I don't know when Cam Atkinson's playing again. I don't know when Couturier's playing again. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait all day. No. I, I agree with you about the letter, too. I've said that he should wear a letter because I think the I think we noticed it. You're in that locker room quite a bit, too. Yeah. I think we noticed it. The moment Giroux was traded, there was something different about him. Yes. Yeah, He. I think he did feel like, all right, I'm going to be more vocal here. I'm going to... Um, be a bit more aggressive on the ice in all facets of the game. Cause I don't think he was in all facets of the game. Mm-hmm. Now he is. So yeah, I do think that has something to do with it. Maybe also, I think Giroux may have sparked him too, without him realizing, without us realizing it when he um, basically said that he thought Farabee was going to like, you know, replace all the scoring stuff and connect these sitting there listening to it. That may yo, have fired yo, him up. Yo, like, bro. what about me? I got the ability, yeah. which he does. He's going, yo, Paul. Hey, yeah, what about me, Mel? Yeah, so I, I think that may have inadvertently helped him. Well, I think I you know what else I think inadvertently helped him is when I said on the podcast that I think that he's going to be their their Hart Trophy winner, their Bobby Clark winner this year. That he needs to be that guy. Yeah, because yeah. because you know of how devoid they are of offensive talent. Mm-hmm. And look, the one thing about connecting, like you can say, oh, a lot of guys on the Flyers aren't very fast. He is. He can fly. He is. Yeah, he can fly. And he is a skilled player. And he is a guy that the team will follow because he's so emotional. He plays with emotion, mostly with good emotion. 
sometimes um, it goes over the line and he gets yeah, out of yeah. control. But yeah, but that's going to happen with those players, right? Even Marshan, that happens, obviously. Right, but you know the thing is, he's kind of like the guy on a team this year where he sees guys standing around and he's just like, "All right, I'm just going to make the play. Yeah, I'm going to get something going here." Yeah. And and I'm that's not a, about it. I'm just going to make something happen anyway. Right, that's a big deal. This is why, again, people had taken exception with me early in the year because I said they're not this bad as far as the amount of losses. We knew they weren't going to be a great team. I get mm-hmm. it. And they'd be in the mushy middle and everything else. But there was more ability on this team, especially on the power play for as badly as that was doing. And it's you know only mildly better now, but at least it was good against Arizona um, that they should be performing better than what we're seeing. And now in this win streak, that's exactly what we're seeing. And, and it, you know, and even when the guys were back, we still weren't fully seeing it. So I don't even think it has anything to do with the coach. Yeah. I don't, I think. And although I'm going to say this, I mean, it's not going to be that popular, but I think John Tortorello is doing a good job. I think he's, you know, instilling his, you know, everything that he wants to do, the culture, all that. I don't know about the rest of the coaching staff. I mean, Shaw's okay. Shaw's his guy. It doesn't even matter what I say about him because he's coming back. Uh, Rocky Thompson, I'm not sure what he's doing out there. Okay. Well, he doesn't have a lot of horses. So, you know, he runs the offense and the power play. Power play is about. You don't think they have enough horses on this power play to be better than worst in the league? No, no, but we're talking. I'm not talking about being top 10. I'm Mm -hmm. saying just be like number 18 or something in the league. Mm -hmm. You don't think there's enough ability for that? I do. Because the, yeah. the power, look at the power plays now too. Like, you know, twenty percent used to be top six, right? <laughs> now right. it's twenty twenty five percent top. I mean, the power play is just so powerful now. Yes, it, it really is, and I think you just need one more guy. I mean, they've had zero consistency in it. Well, zone entries. I mean, like, Oof, you know what I mean? They're ugly. They're yeah, ugly. That, that's been a huge issue. Is almost embarrassing. Two things on the power play, I think, has hurt them. Face off dot. Because that's yep. initial possession, and you can avoid the zone entry if you can win the draw. Problem right. is, is your best faceoff guy is Lawton, and he's a you know marginal power play player. He's got a little right. bit of power plays on PP two, and you know you see him in the three on three. They'll start him to get possession, and they'll get him right off the ice and get connecting. Out. Right, right. But th- that's an issue, and the zone entries are are clearly an issue. Sometimes I, embarrassing. I, yeah, like I, I think like who are the guys you want on that slingshot? with the zone entry connect needs one frost frost has gotten better at it i think he's gotten pretty good at it yeah he's gotten a lot better at it farabee's a guy that's a little too measured for me for that no he's a really good facilitator on the the power play though he should be on the wing on the power play he's a very good facilitator and york you get to have york do it he's done it his whole life absolutely yeah i mean his skating ability is he had a nice savardian spinorama last yeah i saw that yeah yeah but that's but why aren't they doing it? Like that's what I'm saying. That's why yeah. I don't like the job that Rocky Thompson's doing because I honestly I think the power play, aside from a few shining moments, has just been brutal. Yeah, it's it's been very inconsistent. And for a team that struggles to score, you need power. You need a power play goal. You do. They haven't struggled to score of late, which is no. I mean, now you're getting. But this is like a hot point in the season. Fine, mm-hmm. they're getting four, four and a half goals a game. It's not going to last. It's not like the Sabres. They don't Teams have a ground down now, too. You yeah, know? you don't have a Tage Thompson yeah. on this team. Maybe it's partially because um, teams are coming back from, you know, the the uh, 
just from New Year's and who knows. But this is a good moment for them, and they're building on something at least. To, I And I know what fans are thinking. Like, you know, we're talking about this, and they're like, all right, well, they're getting further and further away from getting a better draft pick. Mm-hmm. I do understand that part, too. I do. And yeah, they're conflicted. And Some. Like, if you're in that top 11, you get a shot at Bedard. That's just the way it is. And if you're number 12, you don't. So if they're in the 11, which I think they will be, they're going to get a shot at Bedard. They're still going to probably be in the top 10. So I still think they're going to end up around like seven, six, seven, seven, eight. And I still think they'll get a really good player. Will they get a franchise player? Maybe not. But the thing is, if you continue to let like the fruit rot on the vine just while you're doing this, next year becomes even tougher. I think Mm -hmm. next year is a tough year anyhow. Like I just – yeah, I agree with you. Tort said that when he was on with me last week. Yeah, I think this, it's this isn't over after this year. <laughs> no, no. But the thing is, I think maybe when he took the job, the hope was it would be. But I think yeah. now that he's in the job, he could see it's not. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And th- that's why, like, sometimes when management or a coach says something at a particular time, that may be the thinking then. But things change. Correct. Oh, yeah. No, it's things they have change changed quickly in this game. Yeah, no, Both things positively have and negatively. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think the, the thing that I'm worried about is at the deadline, don't make a hockey trade because that's what the coach wants. You still have to have an eye in the future and you still have to appease the coach. I get that. But I do feel like the coach isn't even looking down the road. Like, you know, he'll sit at the draft. He's not going to say much about the draft. He's really just thinking about what his team could be next year. And he's probably going to walk into Chuck's office and say, listen, uh, let's see what we can do at the deadline. I know. I don't think he's going to have that mindset, Russ, in my conversations with him. No, no, I think, I think he's looking at this entire year to see, to measure everything he has. And no, but don't you think, all right, let me ask you this way. Is he more in favor when they're trading assets of getting players he could use or getting draft picks. Cause it's easy to get draft picks. Any GM could go out there and mm-hmm. trade guys and get draft picks is torts going to be in favor of that. Cause then he's going to be losing bodies that he may not even be able to replace for next year. Like that's where I'm wondering if where his mind is at. For yeah. That. I don't think hockey trades are in the cards for in season. I don't, okay. I, I think that's an off season thing. Okay. I think you're going to trade JVR for picks. So you're going to trade Braun for a cup of coffee. Oh well, yeah. Point. Yeah. Braun won't get much. Yeah. So I think, I mean, maybe Sealer can get moved and you can bring up Zamula and, yeah, you know, and get more of a look at some of those guys. I think it's amazing to me. Nick Sealer is going to play 40 games. And I say that in a bad way because uh, the first year I kind of got it, but I made like a secret bet on um, the Lockdown Flyers show that I do with with Rachel. And I said, he's going to end up playing 40 games, whether we feel like he should or not. And he's right there. He's gonna. Yeah, he may play 55. (laughs) He might, (laughs) which he shouldn't. He shouldn't. And that's another big thing for me. The minute the trading deadline ends, Zamula should be in there all the time. Yeah, permanently, no matter what happens. No matter what happens. Fire by fire. Give Sealer a game or a week, maybe even two games a week. Rotate some guys around. But all those young guys should be in there all the time for the rest of the year so they can. Because I feel like Zamula is one of the guys that's not being utilized right. But then again, you go on a show and they're like, well, he's a right-handed shot, Russ. What are you going to do? They're full on the right side, and although he may be a left, I forget what Zamula is. To be honest, do you know if he's a right or a left? I forget. Zamula is a left shot. He's a left shot. Well, the left side's full. Like, where are you going to yeah. put him? You know, and it's like, well, that's where you need to experiment and see what you can do. Because again, you don't want to lose a talent 
because of the, you know, your two left-handedness on the team or your two right-handedness as far as, you know, the way it's set up. And I know Torts will look at that. And that, I feel good about that, but I just feel like Zamula has been this guy that has suffered a little because of it. Yeah. And we thought that he was going to be able to, you know, definitely get quite a bit and it looked that way. And then I think he got overwhelmed in a game and that yeah. changed things really quickly. So it did. Um, let's talk about the world juniors real quick. Canada yeah, wins yeah. in overtime. And, you know, I was really against Canada last night because, because I got one tweet from one prick. <laughs> uh, That's I all it up, takes. I ended up on this thread in this Canadian guy, Bernie Schneider, doesn't even follow me, made his way in. And he said to a guy that responded to a tweet of mine, said, uh, are you high? This is our game. You're just uh, waters. Okay. And it's like, sometimes we get that, that, that Canadian, uh, arrogance or that canadian we own the game nobody else means shit to it and i said i responded to him and said i agree with some of the points you made but you saying this is our game it's not even your national pastime your national pastime is lacrosse your national sport so stop and you know i just hate that mentality and sometimes there's nothing better than seeing team canada lose on canadian soil (laughs) <laughs> no, listen, I listen, I'd be a liar if I if I said I've never rooted against Canada because I have. Uh, I was rooting for Czechia simply because it would have been an unbelievable story. What? And I'm still mad at the Canadians for not sending Slipkovsky. It made no sense. You're barely playing this guy. He's struggling in the NHL. You should have sent him. They could have won a gold. You know what I would have meant to the country and maybe to him to like to jumpstart him. But look, the Canadian game was a great game. Uh, I love the way Czechia battled back. Uh, I'm still going to say it. I, I still would have picked Juracek, and I'll be saying that for a long time because mm-hmm. it's not because Goche is a bad player. He's a really good player. It's because you can now start to see the impact that a big defenseman with offensive ability like Juracek could have on a game. Yeah, but, but Russ, they have so many D. I mean, you almost had you had to prioritize the forward position. They had one like Juracek. They don't have one like Juracek. I know, but you got a ton of it, so you got to. I know, but like, and, but like this guy's a game changer. In the cover with D, but this guy's a game changer. But he wasn't that much of a game changer at that time where you went. Uh, I have to pick this guy, even though I'm he, kind of overstocked. A few of us felt like he was, yeah. um, but you know, I, I get I what love you're saying. The player. I do love the player and. I'd love to have him in the system, but I think they needed yeah. a forward so bad. No, I get it. They did go out of need. And yeah. and look, I didn't love uh, Gauthier's performance. I thought – He had moments. Um, yeah, he just – doesn't help him. No, I mean, he was the third best guy on his line. Um, and Cooley and, and Snugger would just dominate the puck. He never he, had the puck. But again, Gauthier could dominate the puck too if he had a willingness to go to the net, which he really didn't and was mm-hmm. losing some of those battles. Uh I would say even in the uh, in the bronze medal game, for a part of it, he was disengaged, but then he sort of got back into it. Yeah, Defensively, he was not really getting in there and trying to get the puck. He was sort of sign, trying to stay on the periphery to get more shots. Um, I felt like it even took a little while, and they knew it, to get his shot back, and that's why they, they kept feeding him. So I just feel like it wasn't his best time, and this is another reason why I would like to – see him go back to Boston College another year because mm-hmm. Torts is not going to play him at center if he comes out. He is not going to I don't think he should it. play at center when he first comes in anyway. I don't think you put that responsibility on that kid. Right. That's fair, put too. Him and in a better I, position to succeed right away. So that's why I want to give him two years at the college level to learn that position so then even if he has to start off in the NHL 
at left wing, uh, that's fine. Yeah. Then let him well, do that. That's a good spot, too. They don't have a ton of depth there. Like no. On the right side. But I just think he needs another year. And even if he is trying to say, I want to come out, I think, you know, the team needs to talk to him and even get the coach on the on the call and say, hey, listen, kid, yeah, this is what I envision for you. Yeah. Because I really do think it's best if he goes back because he's having a nice year. He's not having a Fantilli kind of year where you say, all right, and Fantilli's going to go back. But he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's a little younger. Owen Power I get went back. Uh, right. You know, other guys went back. Yeah, so I just I bristle when I hear the fans while he's going to come out. Look, I don't think he should. And it's not an indictment that he won't be a player if he goes back. Like people will look at it that way. Oh, he's got to go back for a second year. You got this guy with the fifth overall. Blah blah blah. Um, What'd you think of Bedard? Because I mean, the numbers are eye popping. The numbers are great. Uh, Sideways a little bit though because of some huge. Yeah, no Russia in both of these tournaments makes it a little easier. Uh, he's still great. Like he, the one thing I feel like he does that others aren't able to do. And that's, that's McDavid included. This is the only thing I'll say that he's better at McDavid about because he is not going to be better in Connor McDavid. I do not believe that. But what he does do is he's able to be on a shift, whether it's 30 seconds or a minute and 20 seconds and give the same effort and speed and skating and trying to get to a scoring spot and trying to set up a play. He never stops. He's like the energizer bunny with that. And mm. it's unbelievable how he's just keeps at it, keeps looking, keeps moving always. Like I love him on the power play because he is not set on either side. He will cross over. He doesn't care. And he's so a positionless player on the power play. He is. And it's great that way. You need a guy like that. So There's variance. Yeah. It's yeah, but I don't think he's better than Connor McDavid. I bristled when I see people say that. It's like, listen, well, and someone joked with me on Twitter. Well, McDavid only had 15 points in in his World Junior. And it's like, yeah, but he played against Russia too, and mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, well, their first his first year in the WHL, McDavid in his underage year had 55 points, and and Bedard had 100. Right, I get so, it, but but the thing I, is too is is you got to look at what they how the size factor when they do get to the yes the size factor will matter it will cut down on some of his points uh the other thing that matters is you know because someone asked me about crosby and i'm like well people forget they were trying to get crosby on the world junior team at 15 yeah and they weren't allowed to do it so i don't even want to say bedard's going to be better than crosby i i don't because he's going to be great he's going to be great someone someone named me like the top 10 and and of the top 10 players in the NHL right now, in a couple of years, I envisioned him being like sixth. I could see in like two seasons being in like sixth. And that would be like tied with like a Kaprizov who's much older. Mm. Uh, but is he going to be better than Austin Matthews? I don't think so. Mm, I don't know about that. I think he could be better. Than I don't know. It's close. Matthews, to me, he is generational. Matthews is not generational. He's a super. Well, uh, I don't great. know. See, he's great. I mean, we're splitting. Do you hairs. think you've seen the best of Austin Matthews? I don't think we've seen the no, best. No, I don't think we have yet. I, yeah. I don't think we have yet. But I'm just saying, I, that's where I'm tempering it and saying, I love what I see out of Bedard. I see mm-hmm. all these things. There is going to be an NHL adjustment. There is. No and doubt. he is another one where I wish there was a place he could go rather than just chucking him into the NHL next year. Yeah. For one year. For one year. To, it, yeah. What, what would he do in the AHL, though? I mean, he would shred that league. He would. I don't know if he'd be the leading scorer, but he'd be in the top three. Yeah. Um, but he at least would get used to the level of physicality that faces him yeah. and obstruction and all of the other things. And not only that, like you mentioned, shift length. 
at the NHL, yes. he's not going to be able to shift link like that. No. Big guys are going to lay on him. You know right. what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. big guys can move better at that at that level, too. Yeah. Like but he's I still see guys at the NHL. He's going to go, oh, I've dealt with guys of this size. Yeah. Um, and I'll just skate around them. But at the NHL, right. guy with that size skates with them for the most part. Yeah, I think he could be better than Jack Hughes for sure. And Jack Hughes is fantastic. Like Jack mm-hmm. Hughes but now. Jack Hughes a little bit, too. You know? He did. I mean, he, but he, you're seeing Hughes now go, you go, oh boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah for the last year and a half, he's Floats. more than a point a game. Like he, he you know, on the ice. he does. So I think he'll be better than that. And that's a pretty high mark. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I just don't think he is um, Connor McDavid. I don't. Um, last thing, Eric mm-hmm. messages in and says, uh, I want the Flyers to have 13 picks in this draft. Yeah, well, so do I. He said, trade sealer, Brown, JVR, Hayes, Braun, start here. And get only this year picks. Maybe use Coots and Cams to move up in the Coots and Cam to move up in the draft. And he also says trade Sandstrom for pick. All right, let's take this. Um, what are you going to get for Sealer? <laughs> a seven? Oh, you're, you're getting a seventh round pick. Okay, doesn't mean shit to me. I'd rather have a bag of pucks. Right. Uh, uh, what are you going to get for Patrick Brown? Same, Same thing. thing. JVR. Okay, maybe you get a two. Maybe or a conditional two. Yeah. Yeah, conditional two. Um, Hayes nobody's nobody's touching that equity on that if you can trade them you're trading you're retaining money and you're not getting anything of value in return i mean Um, to be fair some of the pouting that we saw with kevin hayes and you know less than stellar play is what got him out of chicago mm -hmm. um then you look at braun you're not going to get anything of value there fourth round pick maybe as far as using coots and cam to move up in the draft both players may not play an entire uh, Sean Couturier has a huge contract. You're one of it and hasn't played a game in 2022. No, I know he's unfortunately he's not tradable. And the the GM on the other side is not there to bail you out. Right. So I know you want 13 picks in a great draft. The other GMs are not idiots. (laughs) Here's what I want to do. I want to take some of those extra picks from other drafts and try and get into the second round of this draft. I think it's a big mistake that they don't have a second round pick in this draft. Yeah. You're going to end up with one. It's not going to be a high second round, but you're going to end up with one. They'll find a way to get a second round pick. Um, Joey B Colorado says, Russ is awesome. I disagree. <laughs> He's marginal at best. He says, "Great co-host material, great knowledge to challenge Mert's knowledge." Well, well we there you go. Know. That's good though. We do. Um, it's good debate. It's not like Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Oh no, that was brutal. Bullshit. No, that was brutal. I don't. Some people think it was totally contrived. I think. I don't think it was totally contrived because I think there is a point where Shannon was just like, "Okay, look, dude, uh, just let me get my point out." Yeah. Well, Shannon Sharp. To me, he's complicit. Yes. He's complicit because he makes money uh, working with that jack wagon. Yes. Skip Bayless day to day. Like he can sit yeah. there and say, oh, you're an idiot, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? You work with the guy every day. You, you profit do. from his idiocy. Yep. You're not so, turning down the checks. Yeah. Um, what's on sportsology.com? Sportsology.com has a ton of winter classic stuff. I mean, I probably put up four or five articles there. Uh, a really great one on Malkin. Malkin did an interview there that I'd never heard him do talking about his childhood. You ever hear of Genny Malkin talk about his childhood? No. So it's really, it's really good. Uh, very insightful. Uh, I think we're seeing like a different kind of Malkin, a, a more mature one. So I thought 
I thought that was interesting. Uh, I would say right now, just sift through the winter classic stuff. I'll have um, something post world juniors up there too, with some of the prospects and also some of the, um, cause again, I, I'll, I'll tell you this on the show. I said it yesterday. I am not anointing Fantilli number uh, two on my list yet. Leo Carlson has he really made, he's making me go back to the drawing board on him and make sure that I'm really certain of who's number two. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not there. Yeah. Luke Carlson was really good in the tournament, he man. Was. He could get through traffic with Ooh. stick skills Oof. Get and get to get himself out of jail too. Can skate himself. Oh yeah. Out of jail. Yeah. 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 You always love that. No doubt. Um, and, uh, the, the podcast locked on flyers, locked on flyers, uh, off the post. Those are the two, uh, two biggies that I work for. Then, you know, EP ringside, I've got articles up. I, you know, earlier in the year, I interviewed Fantilli. Uh, I'll be doing Oliver Moore, uh, in about a week. He's another guy who wasn't on this team for the U S but is a tremendous pick in this draft. So yeah, always always keeping an eye on the prospects. You always got a tongue going on. There's no question about it. All right, visit sportsology.com. Give Russ a follow on Twitter, at Sportsology. Russ, we'll talk to you soon, brother. Okay, thanks, Jay. There he is, Russ Cohen, joining us on episode 39, Bet Parks Presents, Stick to Hockey Live. And grab the Bet Parks app. It is fantastic. You're going to love it. Get all your hockey action in, all your pro and college football, all your pro and college hoops, and much more. Uh, easy to sign up, fun to use, faster to win than ever before. And it's this. It's your phone. Just it travels with you. You're on the road. If you're in PA or New Jersey, you can get your action in. So make sure you download it. Futures, same game parlays, live in game betting, player performances, first score, exact score, over unders, uh, on passing yards, touchdowns, rushing yards, you name it. It's all there for you. And you'll have no problem navigating it. So download the Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambling. All right, that's going to wrap up the week of Hockey Talk. Monday's episode, we have got Martin Biron, former Sabres and Flyers goaltender on. We'll preview Flyers-Sabres that night. We'll talk to Marty about rebuild, because he's been in Buffalo a long time, and he knows rebuild. We'll talk to him about that and much more. So, everybody, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Make sure you leave us a nice five-star rating and review. We'll talk to you next week for another week of great hockey talk here on Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Have a great weekend, everybody. Okay, killer.